Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. So in Colossians chapter 3, in verse number 1, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. He says the following, Colossians 3, verse number 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. If it were possible for Paul to be alive today and he walked up here in his robe and with his beard, he would be telling you and I, and hopefully we would be listening intently, he would be telling you and I, seek those things which are above. And we would be very wise to heed that advice and live that. So he says, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And he really repeats it a second time. I mean, he's really emphasizing this. Now, the letter was written to the Colossians, but it was preserved for you and I. He says, set your affection... On things above, not on things on the earth. And then he explains why. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And then he says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. This is profound for for the person that can grasp this and then make it their point to live this this is profound this is life changing this this is different than any lost people ever even think about living but for a Christian it just it makes sense you you read it and the Holy Spirit says this is good you need to understand this You need to bring about those changes in your lives that are necessary to live this. A couple quotes about these verses. Number one, one writer says, For two chapters, Paul has told the Colossians about sound doctrine. For example, mystery of of Christ in them, circumcision of their old flesh nature. We've been through all of that. The fact that they had died with, were buried with, and raised with Christ. Now he moves to the practical application of the doctrines he has just expounded. After all, it does little good if Christians declare and defend the truth, but fail to demonstrate the reality of that truth in their lives. That's a very important statement. There seems to be an ever-increasing number of Christians who seem to think, all I got to do is love Jesus, but live any way I want. If I say I love Jesus, then I have a free pass. A lot of people think that. But but that's not true. You you don't have a free pass to say I love Jesus, and then the free pass means I can live any way I want. And and that's what Paul is going to begin to teach us tonight. Have a heavenly focus. I I like what Wearsby has to say. He kind of gives us some insight as to what was going on at that time. It's on the screen behind me. Warren Wearsby says, We must keep in mind... That the pagan religions of Paul's day said little or nothing about uh, personal morality. 
A worshiper could bow before an idol, put his offering on the altar, and go back to live the same old life of sin. What a person believed had no direct relationship with how he behaved. And folks, I'm telling you, because I keep up with this, that is true of Christians today. That what they believe has little to do with how they live. In fact, surveys have been taken, polls have been taken, that says the average Christian lives no different than the average pagan or the average lost person. Now, if you have an upward focus, you can't help but live different than someone who doesn't have that upward focus. And I realize what I'm teaching tonight, which is just very strictly Bible, is going to cause us to swim upstream. But folks, the way this world is going, we need some folks swimming upstream. So he says, what a person believed had no direct relationship with how he behaved, and no one would condemn a person for his behavior. But the Christian faith brought a whole new concept into a pagan society that you are to live out what you believe as a Christian. What do these verses teach us? Okay, let's break them down one at a time. Let's take verse number one. He starts off and he says this. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And what he's saying there is because you're born again, when he says if, that's kind of a rhetorical question, it's implied that you are saved. If if then you be risen with Christ. Because you are born again, what he's teaching here is desire spiritual things. Because the spiritual world is the abode of Christ. I wonder what that was. God. (laughs) We have security guys. So, um, that got my attention. We got guys outside. Um, Where was I? I've been interrupted a lot of times up here, but never like that. (laughs) Anyway, where am I? Back to the... If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Let me quote this one writer, this Christian writer. The Apostle Paul wanted his first readers in first century Colossae to realize that in this world, Christians are indeed a kind of resident alien. Their real identity and origin are not earthly but heavenly. We've got to remember that. That's encouraging to know. It's encouraging to know that this isn't all there is. As physical organisms, we were born in this world, but having died with Christ, we no longer belong to it. We need to remember that. He goes on to say, A second spiritual birth means that our true citizenship is in heaven, and something of the quality of that place ought to cling to us even as we live out our days in this present world. Very important for us to understand that. Very important for us to understand that. So he starts off by saying, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And I think that's what we're doing right now. I mean, the fact that you're not at home tonight, but you chose to come to church tonight, is an indicator that you're doing just that. You're seeking those things that are above. Because we're not focusing on this world right now. We're focusing on the spiritual. 
Then he repeats almost in verse number two, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection. Most of these Bible scholars, as I was preparing for this, says that means think. Think about spiritual things, not earthly things. And I've got a couple great quotes for you here, too. One writer says, setting one's mind on things above involves an act of one's will and is something we must choose to to do continually. It's an act of the will to be at church tonight. It'll be an act of your will to open God's word in the morning and have your personal devotions. Why? Because our mortal enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil, continually try to draw us back into the muck and mire of this sin-filled world. I mean, there's this battle going on. One one Christian author 20, 30 years ago wrote a book entitled The, The Battle of the Mind. I mean, we're in this tug of war. So the Lord says, set your affections on things above. And he goes on to say, and make no mistake about it. These mortal enemies want to control your mind, but God wants to transform your mind. And if we would experience the abundant life Jesus referred to in John 10, 10, we must set our affections on that which is the source of true life, true joy, true peace, true contentment. So he tells us, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. I'm just amazed how people, how lost people are just so wrapped up in the the shallow, in in the profane, in things that are not fulfilling. You know, Sharon and I will on occasion watch some of these house hunter shows. Now, why we watch that is beyond me. Why anybody watches that is beyond me. But but we watch them, you know, and I, I don't know why. It, it's, it's probably the biggest waste of time imaginable. But one of the things we've noticed about, about that show, and I'm assuming that, that probably most of the people on there are, are lost, but I, I'm amazed at how people are wrapped up in this world. And, and what we notice about that show is how often they comment, say, oh, this is a beautiful deck. We can sit out here and have cocktails. You ever notice how often they refer to that? I mean, these folks are so dependent. I mean, they, they think that we're weak because we depend on Christ. Or, 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 or look over here in the kitchen, it has this wine cooler. Or they, they say, uh, you know, oh, we can go down by the lake and we, we can have a beer down there. I mean, it is in all of their, it is in their life. That is their focus on this world. God says there's something better, there's something bigger, there's something uh, that, that will bless you more. Set your affection on things above and not on the earth. And then in verse number three, he explains why. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Your old man, you're, you're dead to the things of this world. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, is with Christ in God. He is your life. Charles Spurgeon had something interesting to say about this. Aforetime, we were natural men or unsaved men and discern not the things that be of the Spirit of God. He's acknowledging that people used to be unsaved, didn't know about God, discern the things of God. He said, we minded earthly things and were moved by carnal lustings after the things which are seen. 
But now through divine grace, a spirit has been created in us which feeds on spiritual bread. Lives, lives for spiritual objects. Is swayed by spiritual motives. And rejoices in spiritual truth. This change from the natural to the spiritual is such as only God himself could have wrought. And yet we have experienced it. To be changed from being enamored with this world, taken up with this world, given to this world, to being interested in the things of God. Being in church on Wednesday night, being in church on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. To have your devotions, to enjoy being with with God's people. And then in verse number 4, he concludes this portion of this uh, passage by saying, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. He's directing us to the future. He's directing us to where we're headed. He says, your real life is Christ, and when he appears, then you too will appear with him and share his glory. Matthew Henry, one of my favorite commentators from yesteryear, said the following. At the second coming of Christ, there will be a general meeting of all the saints. And those whose life is now hid with Christ shall then appear with Christ in that glory which he himself enjoys. Do we look for such a happiness and should we not set our affections upon that world and live above this world? What is there here to make us fond of it? What is there not there to draw our hearts to it? Our head is there, our home is there, our treasure is there, and we hope to be there forever. And that was Paul's challenge to the Colossians. The Colossians had false teachings that had come into the church. It was dividing people, people disagreeing with one another, no doubt friendships being broken and and relationships being strained. And Paul writes to them and says, listen, It's about Christ. It's about focusing on him. And after he goes through all the deep theological and doctrinal lessons of chapters 1 and 2, he says, now I want you to seek those things that are above. Set your affections on things above. Let me ask you to give yourself an honest inventory right now, okay? Of course, don't answer out loud, but how do you rate with what Paul has asked us to do? Can you say, Pastor, that really is important to me? I, I take steps daily to make sure that I am focusing above, that I'm seeking those things that are above, that I've set my affections above. Can you say that you're doing Because that's in your best interest. The things of this world will not... We have to live in this world. We have to do business in this world. I understand all that. Paul understands all that. But our heart, the, the focus of our, 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 our desires, though, even though we have to live in this world, our, our eyes should be upward. So how do you know? Is, is your focus above? I ran across this, this three, this isn't original with me, these next three points I'm going to make with you. But this is someone suggested this as a, as a self-test that will give you kind of an objective idea of how you're doing. Are, are you really, you know, seeking those things above? Are, are, are your affections set above? This one person suggested these three things. Number one, he says a checkbook test. 
This shows what you do with your money and therefore shows what you truly value. If in your checkbook it shows that you tithe, that you, you give, you know, special offerings, you do what you can, missions, you're, you're, you're faithful to that, that would indicate to any objective individual that that person is looking above. That, 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 that it would be an objective indicator that your, your mind is, is right and, and your thoughts are properly focused. Again, yeah, we have to live in this world. But if someone were to look at your checkbook and see, you know, the tithe check and the missions and sometimes a special offering or, or sometimes just a, a, a gift to somebody in the church that you know may be struggling and you, you want to be a blessing to them. That's, that's an indicator that, that your heart is looking at things that are above. And, and someone that you looked in their checkbook and there's no, no, no tithing, no giving, no, no nothing. I mean, wouldn't that, that, I think that would tell you something. I, I think that'd be an indication, you know, of somebody that needs to certainly grow in that area. The second test this particular person suggested was the calendar test. What do you do with your time? Your day timer, Outlook Express, or calendar will very likely demonstrate that no matter how busy you are, there are certain people or things for which you are still able to find time. Do you find time for things that focus above? You know, does your calendar indicate that, yeah, Wednesday nights you're in church? Well, for all of us, I check that for tonight for sure. You know, and Sunday. You know, check your calendar for times in your personal devotions, your times to witness. You know, if you looked at somebody's calendar and you say, well, you go to church on Sunday? No. Do you go on Wednesday? No. Uh, do you have time for your devotions in the morning? No. I mean, I think objectively you could say that person really doesn't have an upward spiritual focus. And this person suggested this third one which is, he calls it, the home test. Look at the items you have accumulated over the years. What are the things that you have displayed? And I think that would be a pretty good indicator. You know, you, you can't help. You go visit somebody's house. You, you can't, at least me, I, I can't help notice, you know, what's on the bookshelf, you know, what, what's hanging on the walls. And you go in somebody's house and, you know, you see... Bible verses on, on, the, on the wall, you, 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 you see you know, spiritual, for lack of a better word, spiritual books on the bookcase and whatever. I, I think that's an indication. You don't, you don't see that in lost people's houses. I think that would be, a, 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 to a degree, an indicator of, of how a person is doing. Does a person have what Paul wants us to have, and that is an upward focus? And I like this test, not for me to judge you, but for us to judge ourselves. You know, if, if you want to take this test and, and give it some credibility, you know, and if you're not, if, if, if you're not, if you don't pass the test, well, don't, don't be mad, you know, be, be convicted maybe, and see what you can do to improve things. So Paul has told us very clearly here, and we'll end, end with this. Paul has told us very clearly to seek those things which are above. Here's how you can understand the importance and the value of seeking those things above. 
if you want to be more mindful, to be more spiritual and less worldly, less carnal, then realize the following. Contemplate the following, and it'll help to set your affection on things above. Number one, realize our God is above. Psalm 73, 25, whom have I in heaven above but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. So one of the ways you can increase your passion for things above is to realize that God is above. Realize, number two, our wisdom is above. Proverbs 15, 24, the way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. And we know that wisdom comes from above, so we should value that. Number three, our treasure is above. Matthew 6, 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Again, there's lots of reasons for us to be excited about the spiritual. That's what it's talking about when it talks about things that are above, things of God. Number four, our peace is above, Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded above is life and peace. And then number five, of course, our eternity is above. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul wrote it 2,000 years ago. Seek those things which are above. Set your affections on things above. And there's good reason to do that. And I just listed some of those reasons. And the people that pursue that, 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 that will to do that, are going to be blessed. And those that do not do that are going to be shortchanged. Seek those things which are above. I love this simple little illustration from Charles Spurgeon, and we'll be done. He said this. I'll just read it. On board iron vessels, and Spurgeon is the best at illustrations. The preachers, I've heard it all my life. He, he, is, he is in a class all his own. His ability to come up with illustrations that people can think, now I get it. Spurgeon said, on board iron vessels, or iron ships is what he's referring to, on board iron ships, it is common, it is a common thing to see a compass placed aloft to be as much away from the cause of aberration as possible. What he's saying is they wouldn't put a compass on, on, on the metal, somehow it is suspended above the metal. So he says, on board iron vessels, it is, common, it is a common thing to see a compass placed aloft to be as much away from the cause of aberration or being messed up as possible. A wise hint to us to elevate our affections and desires. The nearer to God, the less swayed by worldly influences. If you put a compass too low to the metal... It's going to be off course. It's going to be affected by the metal. Get it above it. And he illustrates that to say, get above this world. Set your affections above. And you will be more true. You will be more on course. You will be more dependable. You will be more accurate. Again, Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above. 
where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and then he emphasizes it a second time. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And you do that by realizing the value of what is above, and we mentioned several things a while ago, wisdom, God, you know, eternity, all of that is above. You do that when you read your Bible every day, you're setting your affections above, when you're in church, when you're, when you're witnessing, when you are going through life and viewing God working in this world rather than being all, you know, frustrated or angry. You see God at work here. In those cases, you're looking above. You're setting your affections above. And that is the way for us resident aliens to view this world. He said it twice. Set your affections above. Seek those things which are above. And God will bless us for that.